Hi, everyone. This is Scott Cantrell. Thank you for joining me. I'm uh, especially excited about what I get to do today. I get to interview one of my personal mentors and coaches. Um, and I know that everyone who's watching this, uh, be sure that you are taking notes because you're going to want to. There's going to be a lot of valuable insight and information here uh, delivered by my guest. And uh, I've got my notepad ready over here, ready to go, because I know I'm going to learn things um, as well. I want to uh, quickly introduce uh, my guest, Mark LeBlanc. He is, as I've mentioned, a personal mentor and coach to me and has really helped me get tremendous clarity on what my business is, um, what I want it to be, and who I serve and how I serve them in the best possible way. I think that, at least for me, one of the biggest challenges that I have is there's so much opportunity. There's an abundance of opportunity. It's very difficult for me sometimes to get clear and focused on specifically who I need to serve and how I need to serve them. And Mark has a, a tremendous gift in terms of helping individuals and consultants and coaches and independent professionals really get hyper-focused and clear on where they can do the most good, both for the, those they serve and for themselves. Um, a couple of important and I think uh, sort of mind-boggling facts about Mark, he has conducted over 1,000 business development uh, workshops or programs or presentations. That's a, an amazing number. He's conducted over 20,000 one-on-one coaching sessions. He has a book, which I've read cover to cover more than a few times, called Growing Your Business, which I would encourage everyone to, to look at getting, um, and uh, sort of an underground bestseller success. Um, and we can talk more about that a little bit later on, Mark. And um, one of the things that Mark mentioned to me when we were preparing for this interview was that he had never met an excuse that he didn't have an intimate relationship himself. <laughs> so this is a guy who is uh, who's certainly very experienced, very successful, but he's also incredibly humble and willing to be uh, very vulnerable in terms of sharing his own experience, his own challenges, and how he's overcome them. And that's one of the things I think I find most um, certainly endearing, but also most genuine and authentic about Mark is that he he is willing to pull back the curtain and actually tell you what's really going on or what he really had to deal with so that you can take those insights and use them in your own business. To that end, um, Mark is incredibly generous. He's being very generous at this time this morning. And um, he has developed a foundation for young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs under 30. And he's already given away 16 $3,000 grants to entrepreneurs to help them start their business or maximize their business. And it just goes to um, talking about the heart that Mark has, not only for his own work, but to see others succeed. So um, with that, Mark, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this interview. I know it's gonna be a fun and enlightening conversation. Uh, thank you, Scott, it's good to be with you. Thank you. So um, Mark, as we kick this off, let's, I just kind of wanted to start with the elephant in the room here. Um, during the time of this recording, and of course, people uh, hopefully will be watching this weeks and months and even years down the road, but um, during the time of this recording, we are in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic and, and crisis, global crisis. And um, I know that the, the knee jerk for me personally was first, you know, there's, I guess it's, it's kind of the, the five stages of grief in a way. Um, uh, surprise and shocked, and then is this really happening? And then I'm angry about why it happened, and you know all those things. But now I think most business leaders um, 
who, who aren't in the midst of it, right? We've got healthcare professionals who are on the front lines um, living in, you know, nightmarish conditions um, and God bless them and all the people who are, who are doing the incredible service that, that, that they can and are still doing. For business leaders, because of everything that's going on, I know that <clears throat> there's been a hesitation, and understandably so, especially at the beginning of this, there's been a hesitation to continue business as usual because there's so much distraction, there's so much chaos, there's so much confusion about how to continue, so much uncertainty, that as a business leader, I know that I've personally felt this, it's incredibly difficult to get up in the morning, look at your calendar, and say, okay, today's just another day, let's, let's do business as usual, I've got to, I've got to take care of my clients in all the normal ways. I've got to reach out to my prospects. I've got to try to keep the pipeline humming and full. And um, I'd just like to get your take about, about that situation, um, the situation we're facing now, because even for those who are um, looking back on this and it's history for them, mm -hmm. they're still going to have challenges of their own that they have to deal with. They're still going to have those days where they get up and they, it's not business as usual on that day. Mm -hmm. So how have you, kind of process this what's your perspective on the challenge and issue and and what are you doing and what are you encouraging your clients to do in the face of this well thank you scott and first and foremost uh i believe that compassion needs to be maybe the our next or a new best practice uh in business and it's daunting and you use the phrase business as usual i think today it uh, and moving forward, it will be business as unusual. Um, I believe that what we're that what we are experiencing is is unprecedented uh, in our time. And while we've had challenges before with 9/11, and of course, and the um, most recent uh, economic meltdown in the fall of 2008, this is different. Um, tragic uh, is, is different. And I, I am optimistic that we will move through this uh, valley or this period. And I believe that we will come out stronger uh, on the other side. Um, the hard part is we don't know how long that valley is gonna be. Is it gonna be the next 30 days, the next 90 days? Um, by all reasonable estimates, uh, the next 12 months is going to be a bit of a roller coaster uh, of ups and downs. Um, but even as we move through it, I think one of the new phrases or my new phrase will be business as unusual. Um, and, and I think initially, and I love your analogy of the five stages of, of grief and, and loss because it was a shock um you know we we had a glimpse of this coming uh here in the united states but we really didn't think it was possible and um and then all of a sudden we wake up 30 days later and and our world has changed uh, i like what you said about uh waking up uh um uh, uh you know my day today is is uh, just like yesterday uh, I've decided to stay in. Uh, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> right. not going anywhere today. <laughs> um, but I, but I think that it's important 
that we allow ourselves the permission to, to give uh, us and each other some space uh, and some grace uh, along the way. And one thing, one personal decision uh, that I made about my business was, while this has always been my intent, is to meet a client where they are on any given day, any given meeting, um, you know, I've come face to face with, um, I need to accept wherever my client is at. And if they need to let me go, or if they can't afford to work with me, um, I just need to take that in and, and with honor uh, and respect and trust um, that it is the right decision uh, for a client. I've seen some things wiped off my calendar. I've had some coaching clients that have had to retreat uh, a bit. And my ego uh, is such that I, you know, I've got all kinds of things I could say. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I helped you get to where you are today. And, you know, that reserves you're sitting on today. You know, we've been working on that for the last four years. And you're mm -hmm. going to be okay. Don't worry about this. Don't, don't leave me. Um, but that, mm -hmm. that's my ego. And that's my need for financial security. Um, but I just decided early on that a client could upgrade, downshift, go away, you know, what, whatever he or she felt was in their best interest at that moment. And I've had to bite my lip a couple of times, um, but I've also been acknowledged um, for making, for being gracious in those difficult decisions because we've all had to wrestle with um, the idea of, sometimes I think we have a warped sense of what we need. And we will justify some of our buying decisions, whether it's products, whether it's services, whether it's investing in marketing tools or a nicer office or, you know, sometimes we, we rationalized uh, our business decisions uh, based on a uh, kind of a, an odd sense of what we feel we need. Now we're coming face to face with what, what do we really need? And so we've all had to take stock or inventory uh, as to really what matters most. Yeah, I think that's insightful. It's important perspective too, um, and I, I really appreciate you sharing, um, you know, ego versus versus your, you know, your true heart in terms of how you feel about those individuals. Because I know I've talked to a lot of my clients, um, and the same I've had the similar types of experiences that you have, and I'm sure that. You know, all business leaders in our in our world in our space have have had similar types of experiences too, but it has been that that struggle between you know in in a normal world in a business as usual world. Um, hopefully, I don't let my ego take over, but but I might try to hold on to that client a little bit more. I might try to have um, a, a little bit deeper of a conversation. And in today's world, because they're you know, our clients are so uncertain. 
I've had to really focus on this issue of if I was in their shoes, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to have to fight my way out of a, out of a deal or a contract or an agreement or whatever it might, a relationship or whatever it might be. I would much rather the individual just, like you said, give me the space and grace, uh, knowing that if I do that, uh, that, that there's a very good chance that client will come back in the future. And I think, you know, this, this unprecedented time provides us an unprecedented opportunity to demonstrate our, our character and our values um, from that standpoint of, of how we treat our clients, how we treat our clients that are no longer clients, and how we treat our potential clients that, that will be. Um, one of the things that I know that you and I have chatted about um, just recently is this, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about it if you would, but about how this challenge certainly doesn't emulate. This is, this is a new thing that we're dealing with. And there is much more, even as much uncertainty as there was about the financial crash and about um, even 9-11, right? Um, tremendously horrific event. This one is different. And the nature of the uncertainty is different. Um, and the scope is global. And so there's not really... Um, many individuals on the planet who are not affected in some meaningful way. You had uh, talked to me um, not that long ago about your experience with those other challenges and how even though this one is different, there are still opportunities buried within it um, and how, you know, you made some interesting pivots during those other challenges. Would you mind sort of talking about that it, those past experiences and then how those are reflected today. Sure, um, and, it, and it is different today and it is global. Um, and it is yet to be determined just, you know, the extent or the impact, I think we're gonna feel it uh, for many years to come. Over, overall, <clears throat> I, I think if we're to look back or you are to look back in your career, whether it's your current business or, you know, post high school or post college, <clears throat> most of the time we find out what we're made of when our back is against the wall. When we are forced to be more creative, when we are forced to be more innovative than ever before. Now, I have a bit of a mature business. Um, I've, I've been on my own my entire adult life. I just turned 59 and at the age of uh, 21, um, well, I, ha- I mean, I've been on my own since I was 21. I had a job uh, once for about six months and I was uh, inspired by the two words, you're fired. And I made a vow, <clears throat> I made a vow at 21 that I would do whatever it would take to make it on my own. Um, and I have. Um, and now I'm 38 years into being in business for myself. The, the first 10 years, I owned a creative graphics printing and mailing company. And then I sold that business in 92 to speak and coach and write full time. So I'm 28 years into my current business. So you can say I, you know, I'm, I'm benefiting from 28 years of mistakes uh, and excuses. Um, uh, 
but but when I look back, the six months or so surrounding 9-11 and the six months or so following the economic meltdown in the fall of 2008 were two of my most successful periods in my 28 years. And I'm beginning to see pieces of that happen again uh, during this pandemic. And what, what happened in around 9-11 and in 2008 and in 2009, I'm not gonna say I invented this or you know, that I'm so, that I'm so smart um, that I came up with it. Um, but in all three cases, um, I created something new, a, a new program, a new product, a new presentation or a new service. Um, when, you, when you are in a valley, whether it's something that's imposed upon you or you're just feeling stuck or stalled out or stagnant. You know, maybe you're just tired uh, of, of, your, of, of what you're selling uh, or you're just kind of worn down a bit. Uh, the idea of creating something new will automatically uh, infuse some new energy in you. And that's what I did around 9-11 and in 2008, and um, even now in the last 30 days. Um, just, like a, just like a chef in a restaurant, and, and maybe he or she is, is tired of a certain dish, or maybe it's not selling as well as it could be. Um, they will either create a new dish and add it to the menu, or they'll take something that they like off the menu and dress it up differently. Maybe there's a different sauce or a different vegetable or a different presentation uh, of the meal. And then they'll put it back on the menu and they have some new energy around whatever this dish is or whatever this new thing is. And I remember, I didn't really even understand I was doing it, but um, in the fall of 2008, I was interviewed um, on a radio station and I had just written an article titled, Don't You Dare Blame the Economy. And, and I, it wasn't to make light of what was going on, but the message was, now's the time to be more creative and innovative than ever before. And I was on a radio interview with a, a station in Los Angeles and this this uh, radio inter business uh, interviewer uh, put me to the test and he said, well, Mark, that's all, you know, that just sounds wonderful. Um, but, but what about the millions of small business owners out here who are struggling? What can you say to them that they could do right now? And Scott, I said, it's easy. <laughs> Number one, you create something new. It will infuse some new energy in you. Number two, it gives you a reason to meet, to go out and meet and make new contacts. Why in the world would you ever want to meet a new prospect if you are feeling stuck or not enthusiastic about what you have on your menu? Um, 
So going and meeting and making new contacts, even if you're just amped up a little bit, um, gives you a little different spring in your step. But the third thing is, it gives you a reason to go back to your past clients and customers, and sometimes even your current uh, customers and clients. And now this sounds funny, um, but it, but it's really the truth. It's like um, I would call, you know, twenty. I'd make twenty telephone calls to twenty past clients, and I'd say, "Hey, um, I created this new thing." I don't even know what I'm gonna call it yet, but I think you need to know about this new thing that, that I'm excited about. Well, 20 past clients would call me back and say, well, if, if you think I should know about this, I, I probably should know about this new thing. And, <laughs> and people are persuaded more by the depth of your conviction than by any logic sometimes you bring to the table or the conversation. And so I found myself re-engaging clients uh, from my past. I found myself going to current clients and saying, this new way of working with me might be better than the old way uh, of working uh, with me. Um, so this idea of creating something new and getting excited about something and uh, meeting and making new contacts and going back to your current customers. Um, we hear a lot about, we've, we've, we've got to pivot today. Um, well, that's the way you pivot. That's excellent. You know, I was just on the phone two days ago with a client and whether intentional or unintentional, they um, are following this formula. And they, their new thing is a resource, or one of their new things, part of their new thing, is a resource for business leaders on how they can bridge the cash flow gap for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. And of course, the reality is that's especially needed now, but even in the future, some variant of that program or that resource or that information is always going to be welcomed and needed. And I don't know if it would have occurred to, to me or to this individual to create a resource like that um, without this crisis we're going through. The, the crisis is a catalyst for new ideas, uh, to your point, if you're willing to open your mind to them and then embrace them and, and leverage them. So um, I think that's especially true. And, and I'm, as you well know, I'm going through the same type of situation now where I'm in the midst of creating new um, and, and it is re-energizing, even in the midst of um, the incredibly bad news that we see on the TV every day. I try to avoid as much of that as I can within reason. Um, but to know that I get to wake up and focus uh, my energy in a new creative outlet that can serve people now when they need that service more than ever. Um, and, and that kind of segues into my next question. I want to find out, because we are hearing from different people, different, you know, experts and gurus about, or it just, you know, our, my clients are saying it. I, I don't want to reach out. Um, even if I had a new thing, I wouldn't be comfortable reaching out and talking to my prospects or my clients about it. I don't know if now is the right time. Um, should I, should I, 
you know, keep going or, um, you know, should I keep going or should I just wait a little while longer? And, and I guess everybody has to make their own decision, but I'm interested in your perspective related to this issue of waiting. How long, you know, and maybe there's not a right or wrong, but what's your perspective on do we continue to actively reach out and, and how much outreach do we do to our prospects and do we, do we decrease it? Do we increase it? And it's not just the amount of outreach, but also what's, what's your perspective on how we talk to a client or, or a prospect? Um, I'm reminded of, of, you know, all of the situations around parents having to talk to their kids when something bad happens. And I'm by no means am I drawing that, that analogy from we, we are parents to our clients. That's not it at all, but it's a difficult conversation is the point. And so I think a lot of folks, and, and I certainly fell into this camp early on, we didn't know how to have this difficult conversation. And so the answer was, well, let's just avoid it. Um, what's your perspective on that now and moving forward? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to something I said earlier, and that is you need to give yourself some space and some grace to hit the pause button but not for very long. Um, you know, one of the challenges that uh, that we should be aware of is, um, and I'm just going to use you, Scott, as an example. You and I could be in a conversation, and you might be putting on a good front or a brave front, but I have no idea what's going on behind your curtain. I have no right. idea. If, if how your how your wife is handling um you know this period of time i i don't know uh about your parents or you know i i don't know what's going on behind the curtain so you might seem and appear fine and 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 likewise me too um uh, but i've got two adult stepsons uh, that are scared um you know my wife is going through this uncertainty and um, I'm not sure I've ever seen many spouses who are on the same page about everything all the time. Um, my mother was in the hospital for the last three weeks uh, during this difficult time, not with the virus, but with some other uh, health complications. And we thought we might that she might not come home from the hospital. Um, so we, we just have to be incredibly sensitive uh, to what might be going on in the hearts and minds and souls uh, of our prospects and our customers. Um, sometimes children can be in different parts. My niece is in New York, you know, going to school and decided not to come home. And I've been calling her princess since she was about a month old. And um, uh, she taught me a new language. It's not many words in it. It's Venmo and uh, Ben mowed and Ben mowing. <laughs> uh, but, but, but it's I've an been important doing, language, Mark. Yeah, I've been I've been Ben mowing uh, money every week. Um, but um, so so I, I think we have to be conscious of that. Um, and and there are nuances between different industries or different types of mm -hmm. business sectors. Um, so I'm a bit biased when I make recommendations because I'm often giving my perspectives through my eyes or through my lens or my business model. 
And for me, I believe it's just as important to stay in the game, just as important to stay in gear. One, because I can't afford to stop. Um, now it's it's not it's not that I I could not weather a downturn, um, but I want to make payroll this month, right. and I want to make payroll in May, and I want to make payroll in June, um, and it's a bit challenging uh, as I as I look out. But I have to stay in gear um, because these revenues are not going to magically appear. The second thing, and, and I think it's important to point out um, for listeners uh, of this conversation is you need to also take into consideration um, how deep is your mission. If it's wafer thin, um, then it might be a little bit easier to uh, use this as an excuse. Uh, but my mission, uh, almost to a, a sense of ministry, um, uh, is very deep. Um, and, and so I believe that in my world and in my expertise, I'm called to be a voice of reason or a voice of calm. And if I retreat like a frightened turtle, what are my clients and prospects and you know, my fans and followers and LinkedIn connections, if I'm projecting a sense of doom and dread, uh, what does that say about me um, as, a, as a business development, you know, someone with deep expertise? But I believe it. I believe, I mean, you know, sometimes I, I will say to a, a now a virtual audience, um, but find some conviction. You know, what are you? Convicted about, and I'll give you an example. I mean, there's never been a better time to reshape your business model. Never been a better time to rethink your menu of programs, products, services, and in my world, in our world, presentations. Uh, never been a better time uh, to write a book or your next book. You know, never been a better time to refresh your brand. Um, and, and so in my business sector, I really believe that at my core. And so while I want to be compassionate, I'm also not afraid uh, sometimes to make people a little bit uncomfortable or gently step on their toes. Uh, because sometimes when, uh, when I am struggling or challenged with something or you are or someone else is, Sometimes we just need a, a, a bit of a new perspective. Yeah. We need somebody to come along and, you know, uh, sometimes it might be a big whack alongside the head, but, but sometimes it's just a little twist, a little different way to look at something to where it's like, oh, I, I never thought about it that way before. You know, may, maybe this LeBlanc is right. Maybe I need to rethink you know, what I'm doing in my business uh, or my practice. Um, so uh, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's critical that we stay in gear. We might not have to be in high gear, uh, mm -hmm. but, but maybe second gear, or maybe in some businesses, first gear. 
Um, but the moment, Scott, the moment I shift into neutral, the moment, it's, a, it's almost immediate, the seeds of doubt and uncertainty and chaos, it's like the perfect storm arrives. And within 24 to 72 hours, I'm already beginning to question, you know, whether or not um, I'm getting to question what I'm doing. Uh, what should I be doing? Why should I, why did I start this? Um, you know, I start, I just start questioning myself in every area of my life. And at that moment, when I shift into neutral, I'm at risk. Mm. I'm at risk uh, mentally. I'm at risk physically. I'm going to make uh, worse eating decisions. I'm going to eat a little more. I'm going to drink a little more. I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to exercise. I'm going to lose my edge. And the longer I stay in neutral or paralyzed, the, the harder it's going to be to get back to center and get moving again. I think that's really important. Um, <clears throat> I was, as you were talking, and I've been making a lot of notes here. You see me looking down. Um, but I think what you just said about not going, not shifting back into neutral and staying at least in first or second gear, continuing to take proactive action, mm -hmm. even if even if it feels incremental at times, continuing to move forward every single day is really important. And I think it goes ties right back into what you said earlier with your question, how deep is your mission? Right. This this idea of conviction. Because if you are convicted with what you're trying to achieve for yourself, your family, and certainly for those that you serve, your clients, it's going to be a lot easier, uh, not necessarily easy, but easier to to do something meaningful every day mm -hmm. as opposed to shifting in neutral. And I can tell you um, to your note about never hearing an excuse that I haven't had an intimate relationship with myself, shifting into neutral is something that I've been guilty of in the past. And, and I suspect it's true for most business leaders sure. is that sometimes, whether it's through complacency or just exhaustion or life, right, it, it can things that, that are coming in from the externals, um, it, it can be it, it can be an easy trap to fall into. Mm -hmm. And hearing you describe about what happens when you consciously or unconsciously shift into neutral I was taken back to those times. I was like, that's exactly what I did, right? Whether I did it knowingly or not is, is somewhat irrelevant. Um, I've got to be hyper aware and know that um, shifting into neutral is not going to do me any favors. Um, to your point about taking a pause, but not for too long, I think is an incredibly uh, insightful note now more than ever. Um, thank Scott, you for, for sharing. Yeah, go ahead. I can just add something um, because I, I see a lot online, of course, um, very smart people saying, well, now is not the time to sell. And, you know, sometimes I just need to not engage in some of those online conversations because quite frankly, I think that's just stupid. Um, yeah. You know, that, that uh, now is not the time to sell. And, and my, my whack alongside the head for people would, be some, would sound something like this. If, if, if you claim this month 
for example, uh, April 2020, if you claim this month as a non-selling zone, okay, does that mean if a past customer comes to you and wants to buy something from you, you're gonna, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not, 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 not selling anything right now. You, you know, you, would, you wouldn't even think of that. Or if one of your referral sources gave you a referral and somebody wanted to know more about your services or your products, are you gonna say, sorry, I can't call that referral? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe in May. Um, <laughs> You know that that's just that's that's just yeah. downright. You know, just does not make sense. But I think it's our it's our approach in the marketplace. And when we think about sometimes when people say you shouldn't be selling, sometimes they're thinking I shouldn't be making cold calls. Uh, but there's all kinds of different calls that can be made to re-engage people from your past, to make sure that you are strengthening and cementing relationships with your current customers, that, that prospects that have been in your world, that maybe you did a proposal for somebody a year ago or four years ago, circling back with them to check in and see how they're doing. And again, to let compassion be the driver, um, but you just never know when uh, and I know you've had it happen to you. It's same. It's happened to me. I've reached out to somebody that I've not had a connection with in a while, and and they'll call me back or they'll answer the phone and say, "I can't believe you called." You know, your name just came up in a meeting here about a month ago, or you know, over the winter. It's it's, it's like this is just so appropriate. Um, I'd love to set up a, a meeting with you. So, you know, sometimes I think. People who are saying today um, we should not be selling ourselves, we're probably not doing a very good job of selling themselves 90 days ago. That's an important insight. I like that. Um, what I'm hearing you say, and I think it's an important reminder for everybody, is that if you have a valuable, if you have valuable expertise or valuable insight or valuable information or service that you provide, or valuable products that you provide. There are people, your people, your prospects still need them. Those needs didn't vanish. Right. They were perhaps overwhelmed for a period of time, but those needs are still there and they may be in greater measure and they may be a deeper need now than they were before, especially if you're in a business development area where you're helping businesses save money or grow. So um, I think that's really a, a very important note for us all to hear over and over again is that our prospects and our clients still need what we have. And so we can't be shy about letting them know that it's available. Um, how we approach them is incredibly important uh, to your point about compassion and sensitivity. Um, you mentioned these other types of calls uh, beyond cold calls and you gave a couple of sort of uh, examples there. As we wrap up just a couple more things really quick. Can you share um, with our viewers or listeners, a couple of what I call little hinges, little hinges swing open big doors, a couple of little tactics or strategies maybe that, that you utilize or encourage your clients to utilize that can help them, you know, um, it's a small activity perhaps, maybe it doesn't require a whole lot of time or effort, but it can have a big impact. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I sure can. In the, <clears throat> I've yet to come across somebody in business that this doesn't necessarily make sense for. Might be a little different in retail or restaurant or manufacturing, but but still the the, the, the fundamentals still apply. And we still need to be planting seeds every day. And I tend to use the telephone, but whether you use the phone or you uh, email or I'm, I'm not a huge fan of these big email blasts, but I love the direct one-to-one -one connection. Um, so a, a phone call, an email, a text, I'll, I'll put a card in the mail or a book in the mail. Um, and I like at this time, I like to plant five seeds a day. And I'm not asking for business. I'm, I'm, I'm just planting five seeds a day. Um, and normally with past clients, current clients, uh, prospects that are in our CRM or our database, and I plant five seeds a day, I, I call it the storm starter strategy. And um, the second strategy or the correlation to that is, is what I call a coffee a talk. And it's just an opportunity to have a, a 20, 30, a sometimes 40 minute conversation um, with a client, past client maybe, or uh, a good prospect or a referral source. Uh, I, I, my term for a referral source is advocate. And, and during this time now, my goal or my charge is to have five of these listening conversations a week. It's not a sales conversation. It's just an opportunity for me to get together with a client or a prospect for 30 or 40-ish minutes uh, to be helpful, uh, to be generous, uh, to listen carefully, to offer a tip or two, and, and make sure that I position it as a non-selling zone. And so if you think about it, I'm planting five seeds a day, and my goal is to have five coffees a week. And you'd be amazed, Scott, at what, what the people in my world are sharing with me. And I'm finding incredible ways to be of good service, um, whether it's for fee or for no fee, um, or somebody needs a favor, um, or somebody needs a new perspective. Um, this is how I'm going to move through uh, this period and come out stronger on the other side. Now, I've got a couple of other strategies, you know, that I do. But, but I mean, I, I am making my, I am inviting the conversations. And more often than not, on one of these, what I call coffee talk type conversations, somebody is saying something or, or they're saying, you know, Mark, maybe we need to work together again, or maybe, you know, I, I need this or I need that. Now, I'm very quick to um, not turn it into a sales conversation because that was not right. the end of the call. And so I want to honor that uh, uh, person and say, you know, uh, that was not the reason for this conversation today. 
Um, that's a little different type of conversation, but I'd love to have that with you. You know, maybe we can set up that conversation for next week or next month, you know, depending upon your sense of urgency. So I, I want to create this boundary between what I call an attraction uh, phase type conversation and a what I call a meaningful or sales conversation. Seldom do I ever want those to be commingled. That's, that's great insight. Just, just all of it, but in particular that last note about not letting um, this coffee talk opportunity or strategy turn into a sales meeting. Right? Just, just, just from a psychological posturing or positioning standpoint, it's it's valuable. Right? You're slowing down the sales cycle. You are, right? And that's 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 jarring for most prospective clients and they appreciate that they'll honor that um so you know that's the psychological aspect but then it also just goes to authenticity right yeah. and your values in terms of I, i'm here to deliver value and to learn about what you're dealing with and help in any way i can and that's the purpose of this call and if we want to set up another conversation that has a different purpose then by all means um those are great fantastic strategies as we come up to uh, the end of our time, um, before I ask this last question, first of all, thank you for your time. Um, the last note is kind of a, a quick question. Um, and I probably, probably could have a long answer, but whatever you think uh, will serve best uh, our viewers. What do you wish you had known or done sooner in your career? And I guess another way to say this is, is best lesson learned. Well, I, it's very easy, um, and it comes to mind very quickly. And as I shared earlier, I came out of the gate young in business for myself, but I was a bit of a maverick or a rebel. I was very independent. Um, and I thought I was smart enough to figure it out on my own. And so I think when I look back, had I raised my hand and reached out for help earlier in the game. Um, I, 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 sometimes I say I shudder to where I think I might be today. Um, but through my independent streak, through my stubbornness, through my, I, I didn't want to acknowledge that I didn't have the answers. You know, um, I thought, well, I'm in business for myself. I should be able to figure this out. Um, but I went, I went sometimes months and quarters and years maybe of barely even scratching the surface on what I could do because I would not accept or surrender to, hey, uh, no one accomplishes anything great alone. Um, I, I need some help on this. I need a creative person. I need a business mentor. I need, I need to be a part of an inner circle or a peer group or or something like that had i done that sooner on um i think i'd be in a much different place today that's fantastic um mark thank you for your time um i sincerely appreciate your generosity with it today i know it's been tremendously helpful to our viewers and listeners as well as to me so thank you for answering the call when i said i needed help <laughs> um <laughs> so thank you for that lesson um, if people want to engage with Mark LeBlanc, they want to find out more about you um, and your programs and the opportunities to, to work with you, what, uh, what should they do next? What information do, do we need to make sure that they have? 
Well, if, if anyone appreciates or uh, if anything I've said resonates with them, I would just simply go to my website at marklablanc.com. And, and if you liked what you're hearing, I have a 45-minute uh, speech or luncheon presentation on how to have your best year ever. Um, now, I'm not, I don't know if 2020 can be your best year ever, uh, but it can still be a darn good year. Um, and so if you liked what you're hearing today, you might appreciate that uh, presentation. And of course, my contact information is, is all there. So be, be, hap be happy to hear from you and, and have a co virtual coffee. Very good. Mark, thank you again. I look forward to our, our next conversation. Until then, be well and stay safe. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete this short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, make sure you are consulting with authority.